0: What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of The Arsenio Buck Show. Today is Stephen Covey, baby. We are back. Episode number 12, The Solution. See, Henry David Thoreau, he once wrote, There are a thousand hacking at the branches of evil to one who is striking at the root. I'm going to say that one more time, just one more time. Guys, you need to pick up what I'm putting down. There are a thousand hacking at the branches of evil To one who is striking at the root. Now, remember, I told you so many things about, obviously, this book and whatnot, but we're just uncovering and unveiling a lot of this. See, we started with the pain. We've explored the underlying problem. We talked about, you know, know, the potential roots, the deeply embedded paradigm, traditions in the workplace, you know, industrial mindset, all that stuff. And now we need to continue barreling through. Man, we're going to go, boy, I got a good one today. I literally took two paragraphs and I said, I'm going to turn this bitch out. Most of the great cultural shifts, ones that have built great organizations that sustain long-term growth, prosperity, and contribution to the world started with the choice of one person. Now, sometimes that one person is a formal leader, the CEO, the president. Very often, it started with someone else, a professional, a line manager, someone's assistant, regardless of the position. These people first changed themselves from the inside out. Guys, I'm going to go over here real quick. I'm going to go over here real quick because in this fundamentals that I wrote down, Mirror made me write down at the beginning of April. And I put a star on the side of it. And I review these. I re- oh, As a matter of fact, April April the 5th. And when I wrote this down, I put a star by it. And it says, sort out inner peace. And the outside world would be the same. Going back to that quote, people first change themselves from inside, then out. This is where change begins. See... Let me give you an example. If I go into the south side of Chicago, south central L.A. or whatever, if I was living in the early 90s, like at a, a reasonable age, like te- teenager or early 20s, I would have seen the amount on black, the, the amount of black on black crime, the N.W.A. that was ripping across that culture of America. And, and it, it just so much ugly was coming out of the 80s and it deeply portrayed us as being just a bunch of goddamn animals. So here we are 40 years later, 30 years later, and we're trying to just like, okay, listen, we're not so bad like they painted the picture of us, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. So if I go into one of these neighborhoods and I just snatched up one of these folks and I brought them here to Thailand, does that change them? Think about it. If I brought and if I went over here to one of the sub uh one of the biggest slum well I wouldn't say it's a big slum anymore. I haven't really I've never been there to be honest with you, but it's a place called Billy. These these fucking people live in shacks. It is disgusting and a lot of drugs are pushed around there, right? If I go in there, snatch a boy out of there, and brought him here to show him a new lifestyle, does that change him? For all the NFL players who are still throwing up gang signs during all their basketball games and stuff like that. The Paul Pierce of the world. Do you think bringing him out of the Queensboro projects of New York and just putting him in the NBA, does that change anything? The Antoine Walker, who had probably an accosted $50 to $100 million throughout his playing NBA career, but yet he still had a lot of nasty baggage from his friends still hanging on with them, saying, hey, can I borrow some money? Can I borrow some money? Can I borrow some money? When he lost all his money, did those parasites, they all just vanish like cockroaches when you turn on the light? It doesn't change. You got to change the inside first. Eric Thomas said this in one of his videos. He said, because you didn't go back and work on what you really deeply needed help with, it's beginning to show right now. See, these players and these people who bout, you know, go through these bouts of depression, it's because they get all this stardom, but they don't change what's deeply rooted and wrong with them inside. Fuck an advisor. Fuck a a mentor. I'm talking about going to a coach in terms of what I'm going through right now with Mira, which I'm going to be discussing in other podcasts subsequent to this. Do you guys get what I'm saying here? If you look at it this way, the character, the competency, the initiative, the positive energy. I remember this. When I saw this, man, I'm like, that's me right there. That's... That's me in 2016. Guys, you're going to hear it on a podcast coming up. Oh, no. As a matter of fact, that's very unfortunate. You guys aren't going to hear it. Probably next week. Next week. I'll definitely make it for next week. I promise. I promise. But that's who I was in 2016. I was living inside. I did have a lot of pain. But I knew what I was. I knew what my mom brought me up as. I knew how charitable and how charismatic I was. I saw people, people who are much older, who who came from conservative counties all across America saying, you know what, you have a beautiful personality. They pointed that out in me. So I just lived, I lived to that calling. So when I saw that positive energy, in short, the moral authority, it inspired people. It lifted others. See, the lady who put a label on me when I went back to that job, back in the past, when I first started, until she saw how I worked, oh, she started pushing everything towards me. The sales, she was like, hey, you know what? He's a really hot teacher right now. There are other teachers who are really, really bad right now. Let's keep giving him classes because the reviews are amazing. So what happens after that? Hey, 2016 comes. Arsenio, can you create a conversation course? Arsenio, we have this project. Arsenio, I have this company way out here. Okay, Arsenio, can you work for SCJ? Hey, can you go back to Chantabury and do this little uh, TOEIC project? Hey, can you do this? Hey, can you? So many things. Why? Because my inspiration and that level of positive energy, it lifted the entire office. Regardless of the parasites and the snakes that were in there at the time, it couldn't be stopped by me. And so I had that sense of identity. I realized and discovered my strengths and my talents, the needs to produce the results. I was already developing the four cores of credibility back then. People notice I was given more responsibility. And so that magnified into a new responsibility, again, producing more results. More people, more and more people. They sat up and noticed. Next, thing you know, here I am in one of the most, in front of one of the most racist people I've ever met in my life. You know, she's actually at the head office and she's sitting there with her short buzz haircut, looking like a complete bitch. And I'm over here giving a full on presentation. It's funny because she's like, Arsenio, we love how you do it, but how can we teach other teachers to do it? I was like, maybe you should get someone else. To teach because how the fuck can you not teach conversation? Are you for real? Is that what I'm hearing coming out of your mouth right now? Sure enough, my course went on to sell a quarter million dollars. Who knows how much it is has cost by this point? But I'm just giving you an example. That was only one place in the heart of Bangkok. Guys, I went to another place way out there near the, the airport. And I sat in front of these four old teachers and they were just giving up these excuses. One, at the end, asked me for my card and said, man, I love that presentation. What's your card? Another guy was like, man, I got a very lucrative offer for you. I would love for you to do this. And there were just so many bonds and beautiful relationships that were being created. I was just establishing myself as a fucking front runner. So, again, top people in the company, they wanted to learn of my ideas. They wanted to learn about me how i was able to accomplish so much in such a little time against all odds ah, shit it's funny because she was sitting there with her buzz cut haircut saying this nigga don't know shit they got they had that 1950 segregation american mentality for reals just speaking from my from my experience so the culture everything the vision it began in 2016 now, a lot of noise was created. A lot of people hated me for the things that I was saying and all that other craziness. There were a lot of excuses and a lot of people not liking me for all the wrong reasons. And uh, let's just say 2017, all that passion was gone. By then, there was nothing else moving in another direction. I was just sitting there waiting for something to be, uh, you know, given to me. But that just wasn't it. I knew that my time had had fallen. I knew that my time was up there. But listen to this real quick. People... Like that, people like me, we just don't get sucked into or pulled down for long by all the negative, demoralizing, insulting forces in an organization which I went through. When that guy was telling me that at the end of 2017 in November, I realized I'm quitting this job. We're done. Because I'm not going to be insulted by some disgusting pig who's already at the end of his life. You're no longer in need of me. I'm out. And I left and I started building up me. So, again, going back to it, these type of organizations they're in a mess. I've already discussed this in the uh, Stephen Covey speed of trust. But these people, such as myself, we realize that we just can't wait for the boss to change, for the organization to change. I knew that there should have been email courses and pronunciation courses and all these other sub skills, not just bullshit general four skills. I remember when the lady at the thing she tried presenting to the bullshit racist marketing director, right, who I'm going to be discussing in next Thursday's podcast. And you know, she was like, "Hey, we need to make this a conversation." The guy laughed her out of the room saying, "Man, this is an academic place." What? Are you serious? How many people are academic? Oh, that's what we cater to. There aren't that many people that are going to academic. And how are you going to stand up to all the other fucking centers? Oh, a failure. So again, I didn't wait. I went out and I left. So what ends up happening, I ended up becoming like an island of excellence, which you probably are. But I was in a sea of mediocrity. That is one of the most beautiful quotes ever. I'm going to have to quote that again. I became an island of excellence in a sea of mediocrity. And it's contagious. In 2016, I built my fucking repertoire up, man. I was a monster beyond belief. At some point in your life, you were probably at an excellent stage. But then you realize, and you're probably realizing now, man, I'm just in a sea of fucking mediocrity. Before I went to Australia... I was working at the College of Southern Nevada as a dental assistant. These people were the most miserable motherfuckers in the world. I'm talking about from the assistants all the way up to the dentist. Fucking miserable. And I was like, you know what, but I'm excellent. I don't really exist in this. I'm just here momentarily and then I'm going to get the fuck out of here remember Dr. Ankaha. She was the one that tried to be very nice to me and stuff like that. Filipino lady. I remember, you know, when she realized I was leaving, she was like, today's your last day. She's like, okay. She stood up, took her jacket off and everything and gave me a very, very warm hug. I mean, a, a hug beyond a hug. You know what I'm saying? They can't resist. But again, I realized my excellence when I was working in Footscray, Melbourne, Australia. And then, when I was being harassed by an Egyptian uh, dental therapist and another Iranian dentist and all these other fuckers and fuck faces, I left. Three months later, I left Melbourne because I was in a sea of excellence, but fucking just around mediocrity. People who weren't really passionate about anything. That shit is contagious. And there were plenty of places going forth up until this very day a sea of mediocrity. Ooh. Are you in a sea of mediocrity? Because we know you're excellent. I know you're listening to this right now. I know you are excellent. I know that for a fact because we all are. Les Brown says you have greatness within you. Every last one of us do. I wouldn't say all of us. I know there's some really fucked up individuals out there. But let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. Except your your boy in the the white howdy out there in America. But let's let's just put some perspective on it, okay? Let's just say you are one of those people and you realize your gifts, your talents, but that complacency and that thing just keeps holding you back. I'm not going to look at it from an advisory role. I'm going to tell you from a coaching role. What would happen if you did take that leap? What's the worst that could happen? What are some little incremental steps that you could do right now to start inching your way towards what you really want to do? That's from a coaching perspective. I want you to figure it out. You. I don't, want, I don't want to just tell you all this all the goddamn time. I'm going to ask you the questions. Now, we're going to go NLP and transformation very, very soon. That's going to go far deeper. But that's a question for you today. You know, in three years or five years from now, are you going to look back at this point and say, Damn, I wish I would have. Is it? Okay. So what can we do right now to take that first step? I'll be waiting for these answers. Join the club, people. And as always, stay tuned for another one coming up next week. Over and out.